Hello, and welcome to episode 176 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. Today is Tuesday, November 9th. My name's Kellen, and today, as always, I'm joined by my good friend Sergio. What's going on, man? Hey, Kellen, doing doing okay? You know, I'm I'm a little bothered that this month is like one of those old classic months, like November. It doesn't have like Mario Party in it in in any way. I I mean, we tried, we tried, but you know, some some rules are meant to be followed. So we're playing by the rules here. <laughs> nice. Well, we've also got a resident rule follower with us here today, Kevin. What's going on, man? Man, I am doing okay. <laughs> that didn't really go with the way I was going to introduce it. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, just been a busy week, even though we're still pretty early in the week. But you know what? I mean, we got some games we've been playing, especially one that had a pretty, pretty good update. But you know what? I'm I feel like I'm in paradise. I'm in a happy home. I'm feeling uh. pretty... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty okay, but with this, uh, with what we're going to talk about today, you know, I, I'm I'm ready. Let's let's you know, this is this is just, oh boy, I feel like a lot of hours came just went by. Um, nice. I mean, man. But but before we get into that, you know, Kellen, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's always a little bit weird recording off on a Thursday, so obviously it's Tuesday today, like I mentioned in the intro. So it feels like we just recorded together, but um, always happy to record and be with you guys. So. Pretty excited. I also want to hear a bit about this game that you guys have been playing because I don't know much about it. So you're kind of providing a nice segue there. Do you go? Do you just want to start talking about this game here? Yeah, you know, I mean, you might have heard of it. You might have played it before. I mean, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, but it's not just <laughs> the game itself. You know, it's it's got we got the 2 2.0 with a house icon yes, update. Yes. <laughs> AKA Happy Home Paradise. They're not going to use that for the intro, <laughs> but we will. <laughs> but yeah, so this awesome DLC uh, came out late last week for Animal Crossing New Horizons. And it's basically a way, it's, the DLC comprises of being able to give uh, villagers slash clients. Uh, vacation homes on different islands um, and it's just or excuse me resort islands and so there is it's just a really cool experience and it gives a a, a, a different spin on how to play animal crossing because normally with with the base game you're able to you know get villagers to your islands uh, put some items around their house give them items to use you know just the typical spiel, right? But then with Happy Home Paradise, you are the designer. You are the exterior designer. You're also an interior designer. You are the one to create these vacation homes for mm-hmm. these clients. And, you know, it could be a villager you've never met. It could be a villager on your island. It could be a villager that you want for the rest of your life. You know, Rudy, I'm looking at you. I'm going to create your vacation home soon. Not yet because there's others, you know, in the queue. So you have to wait your turn. But anywho, it is... Kellen, Sergio, this has been a very, very good update. I mean, there is so much to do with this expansion. I mean, Sergio, what do you think? Like, 
Do you agree? Like, what do you think about this? No, no, I definitely agree. Um, basically, for those familiar with Happy Home Designer, which was a 3DS game, this is basically that version of it, but much refined and expanded. And of course, you have all the new villagers, the new items, the new features that are in New Horizons, and now you get to use them in this DLC package. So yeah, it's it's really fun, uh, very refined. Um, you get to use all the items that basically the game keeps unlocking for you instead of like Kevin was saying in your island you're limited to the items that you have or that you can get but in this one they give you a lot of things that you can use right from the get-go so it's pretty fun and it's like a little distraction in a way from your traditional island you can always go and play happy home paradise and you can keep playing for as long as you want or you can go back to your island and enjoy the the new features that we got as part of the update and eventually the more you play happy home paradise you can actually unlock features for your island back home you can even redesign your villagers houses like you can for the the clients in Happy Home Paradise. So they tied it pretty well together and it's very nice. It's been a lot of fun. It has been. And I mean, you have your paradise planning team that you meet, you know, in the very beginning when you, you know, you start the DLC. Uh, they comprise of Nico, Lottie, and Wardell. And, you know, you're, you're basically you're able to design, uh, you know, homes one at a time and maybe other things later on. I'm not going to say what, but <laughs> it's pretty cool. And it just, I don't know, it, you know, if you're, whether you're a designer or not, you, you just feel more empowered to be one. And, you know, when you're designing these homes for these, these, uh, these clients, um, it, 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 it just, you really, it, it, it just like gets your, your creative noggin going and, before you know it, you're probably spending one to one and a half hours per home <laughs> trying to make sure that it is the best fitting home for your client because every client is different, right? They want different things. And maybe, you know, the client right. wants to have like, you know, uh, a, a, a mansion with like, you know, really expensive things. Or maybe they want one with like, just want to be on an island with like, you know, just chilling by the waves, by the sea. You know, I mean, there's just so many, there's a lot of, different scenarios that you'll be able to uh, get into you know when you play this DLC and it is $25 for a DLC but if you're able to get on a family membership plan uh, for Nintendo Switch Online I would encourage you heavily encourage you to do that uh, it's totally worth it even for $25 uh, in my opinion and I mean there's just it's like a totally it's like a new game I mean I don't yeah I I, I'm I'm very cautious of saying this, but I think it's a must play. It is a must play for any Animal Crossing player, um, especially for those who played like hundreds and hundreds of hours of Animal Crossing. You're like, oh my gosh, like I want something new, I want something different. I mean, yeah, there's a free 2.0 update, but Happy Home, that's what it's all about. You want to be happy? You want to make homes? Well, there you have it. You got it right <laughs> here. It's 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 in the palm of your hands. I mean, it's. Oh gosh, I I spent so much time over the past like few days playing, and it's just been it's been phenomenal, and uh, I it just breathes new life into this game, and I mean I I I have to say I'm pretty proud of like what I've been able to design for the you know these past few days, and I look nice. forward to doing more stuff. But yeah, Sergio, um, uh, 
what about you? Like, how far are you into, you know, the DLC? I'm taking it a little bit slow because, I mean, I, one thing that I like about Animal Crossing is that you can do so many things and you can do a little bit of them at a time. So if I mm-hmm. start doing, like, too many, um, you know, interior designs all together, like back-to-back, I kind of get tired of it and then I want to go back to my island. So I'm, I'm doing about one a day basically i want to take it slow um i I agree with you though it's a must play for animal crossing fans as long as you are you know happy to do a lot of interior designing you can also do exterior by the way uh which is Mm -hmm. pretty nice and the 25 dollar admission is is worth it alone just for nico he is absolutely worth it he's the best (laughs) new character they've added uh but yeah yeah just with that caveat but I mean, it can get a little repetitive, but again, you always have your island to go back to. And again, with the update that we just got, there's a lot of different things that we can do now. But yes, it's a, it's a great distraction and it's always there. And I, I would recommend it. Happy Home Paradise, the DLC. Yeah. And I mean, it's got the NGPC approval. And also with the homes that you design later on, and I'll just say this and leave it at that, but you're able to share your... Your, your homes they've designed for your clients to other players that you've your other switch friends who all who also uh play animal crossing and who also have the expansion so you know it's it's pretty cool and you get to like see what others have done and maybe you can get more ideas of how you can like you know get get inspired maybe you want to borrow a, a style that you know your friend employs and you can put into one of your homes i mean it's or your clients homes i mean it's just it's just it's awesome it's awesome. I, I don't know. It, it really having a lot of fun with it. I'm trying not to play like that much, uh, just because like you know I think Sergio, you have it the you have it the right way. Like you know, just take your time. You know, really go at a good pace. Um, I will probably have to do that very soon because man, <laughs> there's this. It's really easy to get sucked in and just play um, home after home. But yeah, and uh, there I say there are new items. Uh, I, I believe, uh, well, Sergio has already mentioned there are new items, and um, you know you won't know until you play the expansion. So yeah, there you have it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are really enjoying it, and I think you summed it up really well in saying it's it feels like a whole new game because that's what I've really heard from people that have tried this out. So you guys may have mentioned it, and I may have missed it. This expansion feels so synonymous with the N64 online package because it was thrown in. Is it offered only through the package or is this something you can buy like standalone to have? You can buy standalone. So you can just buy it for $25. And even with that, it's worth it. Um, I mean, I I think it's worth every penny. Uh, But yeah, like we said before, if you're able to get the family membership plan, um, you know, with the expansion combine like boom like you're you're in the money i mean this is it's totally worth it so yeah whether you do that or or just buy a standalone you will not be disappointed um i haven't met a single person yet who has been disappointed so hopefully (laughs) that is still the case because this is great i it's one it's honestly one of the best dlcs i've played in a game Uh, wow there Uh we go Uh, i mean (laughs) uh yeah so there you have it, folks. Happy home paradise. Don't wait. Just do. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, sounds like a solid review. So really excited to hear about what you guys decide to kind of do with all these new options that are available to you. It's been fun seeing that in our uh, Discord for those that play Animal Crossing. So that's really cool. 
to kind of mm-hmm. get into the meat of our episode now, um, we wanted to talk a bit about opinions that we've had about games or just the hobby of gaming in general that have changed over time. Maybe we held one strong opinion and it's since changed. Maybe we've recently gained a new opinion. We just wanted to kind of talk about how, as we've grown in this hobby, in this community, how our minds have kind of changed in the way that we perceive things. So, Kevin, did you want to start us off here with an opinion? Yeah, I could do that. You know, one of the things that has always been in the back of my mind was just the perception of gaming, especially with those who aren't gamers. You know, for me, for the longest time, I always felt ashamed to say that I'm a gamer, right? And I know that's really hard to hear for, you know, my friends who are gamers um, out there, like... I just it would never be something like oh yeah um, I yeah I played this 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 you know and and blah blah like I I would I mean it's, it wasn't something that is a primary topic of conversation for a good chunk of my life because you know every time I would talk about it especially with people who are not gamers they would say stuff like oh it's a waste of time you know you know they and they would they would you would, they would have some sort of conversation and and just. Or they would, yeah, it, it would just be, it's just bad. And I'm just like, yo, like, okay. And at that time, when I was a lot younger, um, I did care what, what other people thought about me, you know, for real. Like, I was just so bothered by it. But then as I grew up and I went to college and, you know, and, and just in the working world and just being more mature about, um, you know, things in my life, yeah, uh, I, I think my perception of how people view gaming uh, has, you know, that that view is not the same anymore and mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting because like i haven't heard someone tell me oh you're just wasting your time playing video games or or they'll 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 implicitly um they'll they'll talk to you in a way where it is condescending but they won't exactly tell you that you're wasting your time like they it, it, you can feel it you can feel that vibe and so for me um I'm not ashamed to say that I, I do a video game podcast. I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, I play video games and I love it. It's my passion, you know? Like, right. I am, this is like, this is me. This is Kevin Set. you know what I'm saying? Like, I am a gamer. I am proud to be a gamer and I am not ashamed of it. And if you don't like that, well, then, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> this is me. Take it take it for who I am. I, I stopped myself there. I was going to say some things, but, you know, we keep a PG here. So, you know, yeah, like, I... I, I think that's like probably the biggest thing for me is that um I, I'm not afraid to admit that I, I love playing I love video games and it's all good, you know, like I and and especially finding a group of like you guys in our Discord community who have the same passion, who may or may not have dealt with the same, you know, uh encounters with mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. look down on us for as video gamers. Um so the bottom line is that I think gaming as a whole is isn't as um looked down upon anymore and the people who are gamers they feel you know we we as gamers we feel more confident to say hey we're gamers it's all good you know what i'm saying like there's nothing to be ashamed about like this is our passion we love it you know and and uh i mean that's one of the biggest reasons why we have this podcast right like we're sharing this with you guys we are we we're able to talk about these things week after week and have a community based on this one thing that we all love. And I'm just so glad that the view of gaming has evolved to this point. And I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, I, I feel so good about it. And you know what? 
this is the real article. This is what you get. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's true. And like, even if you haven't been affected by it, like if you haven't been uh, particularly like pointed out to you that, oh, you're a gamer, you're a nerd or something like that. But just seeing that gaming is a lot more accepted and there's more events and there's more, um, what's the word? Like, it's more out there. You see it more often. Mm. You see it in more places. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it more common for everybody, not just for us gamers, but for people in general, it makes it more accepted. So even if you, for example, you ever thought, well, I, I would want to go to like a gaming convention or like a E3 or an event like that, but I don't know, it might be a little too, too niche or something. But now that it's more common and more accepted and more welcomed, you're more encouraged to go to those places or to try those things, to go to a video game tournament or just to hang out and plan like a big gathering of gamers. Like all of those things are are, are awesome. Like you said, and they're more common, they're more accepted and they're easier to do Mm -hmm. nowadays. Yeah, I definitely agree with all those points. I think one of my biggest kind of mind shifts with gaming has been who is a gamer. It used to be you could kind of like pick them out in school, right? Because I don't know, I don't want to get into stereotypes, but I feel like there was just kind of like a common image associated with people that played video games for like a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. But now it's mm-hmm. like really hard to pick that out, um, even at work. So I work like a corporate finance job and I report to the director of finance and he was talking to me about goals and things. And I was like, well, you know, this year I really wanted to read 40 books. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. My uh, New Year's resolution this year is to play more video games. And I was like, what? Like, nice. he's twice as old as I am. I never, like, thought of him as a gamer. He's like, yeah, I have a Switch, I have a PlayStation, I have an Xbox. I just, like, never fire them Ooh. up. And so he's like, do you have any recommendations for me? And so I was like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I started talking to him about all these games. And I'm trying to explain what Splatoon is. Like, how do you do that? And mm-hmm. so I've kind of gained this reputation in the office of, hey, Kellen is, like, somewhat in touch with video games. Like... You can talk to him about it. And so all of a sudden, like all these, you know, grown men that have like grandchildren or grown children of their own have come up to him and they're like, I really like playing this game. I'm looking for something similar. Ooh, and I was like, nice. wow, like it's just crazy <laughs> how much the hobby has expanded. Um, I go into like game stores now, not frequently because I kind of stick to the eShop, but there's just like all walks of life there and people that you wouldn't really anticipate being gamers. So I think that's been really cool. Um, another opinion that's kind of changed for me with gaming has been, I used to be a pretty staunch follower of the dollar per hour rule. I don't know if you guys are familiar Mm. with that. A lot of people say for Mm -hmm. each dollar you pay for a game, you should get an hour's worth of content out of it. And if you don't, then basically you're like robbed or cheated or the game was overvalued. I don't agree with that anymore. And I used to, because I used to think, especially when I didn't work and I just had to get like gifted games growing up or ask for them for Christmas or whatever. Um, it really felt like I needed to get a game that I could get a lot of playtime in or wanted to replay because I didn't know when my next game was going to come around. Um, that's changed a bit since I've been able to like work and actually buy my own games and things. But I've had so many great experiences with you know $60 games that have been 10, 15 hour experiences. Obviously Metroid Dread. Recently, right. <laughs> our game of the yes. month, a great experience, totally worth the $60, but I don't know. Most people aren't going to play that game for 60 hours. You'd have to play through it a handful of times to do that. Um, so that's definitely an opinion that's changed for me, um, both on the side of paying $60 for a shorter game that was good, but also paying a couple dollars for a game that I could just play infinitely. I mean, you know, I most played games free 
obviously I put time into, I've put money into it through like cosmetics and things, but I've got 2000 mm-hmm. hours on this free game and it's like, wow, how did that happen? And Rocket League's like my second most played game on Switch now. And that one is free now. So right. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a great way to value a game anymore, especially because of these like crazy digital sales that we see at times. Um, so I just don't stick to this rule at all anymore. I feel like it may have had a place at one point, but we're at this point in the industry where that rule just doesn't hold up anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And this was one of my 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 views that has exactly, like you said, it's completely changed. And it's all relative. You, you pointed it out, but just to give an example, like we paid, I don't know, $60 for Animal Crossing New Horizons. And there's people out there that had played this game for thousands of hours just for $60, right? So when you pay $60 for something shorter, like Metroid Red or even shorter games, it's all relative. You cancel it out by buying a game that you're going to play for hundreds of hours for the same price or less. So they they sort of cancel each other out or they, they sort of complement each other, uh, basically. So yeah, I agree with your point. Very, very well said. Yeah, I, you know, you guys have made some really good points. And Kellen, from your experience, it seems like the best games are free. No, I'm kidding. No, but <laughs> some of them. Some no, are trash. Yeah, yeah, some of them. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I am in the same boat with you guys. I mean, you you cannot justify how good a game is by the amount that it costs to buy it, right? I mean, it, it, it there's just so many factors, you know, like the genre, the, you know, um, what the game has in store for you, the content. I mean, there's just so much. And um, it, it really is up to you to, you know, to decide, you know, to, to make a decision whether it's worth buying the game. And, you know, there are so many different experiences out there, no matter how short, no matter how long of a game they are, like, it's all out there. And, and I think that's why uh, the the quality of video games out there, regardless of the length, has been pretty amazing. I mean, there's just so much that you can you can play and have fun with. And, I mean, I think that focusing so much on how long it takes to beat a game i i feel like it's that's just too much like just focus on the now like focus on mm-hmm. you know you get the game and just have fun with it you know who cares how long it is like i mean and if you end up playing 2000 hours like helen for Fortnite, i mean that's awesome i mean that is dedication and that is something that you know is admirable and you can if you get that much enjoyment out of a game like more power to you if you get the same or you know, if you get like just as much enjoyment out of a game that's maybe ten hours, great. It's it's uh can't really compare both experiences, but you know, in the in the end, it really is about how much fun you get out of these games. Yeah, and there's really like the flip side of the developer too. If they know this is going to be a sixty dollar game, I don't want them to feel like they have to lengthen it out to sixty hours. Because Dread right. is a $60 game. I did not want to play that game for 60 hours to play through it once. Like, <laughs> yeah. that would have killed what it should have been. And so hmm. having this sort of like ruler expectation can really diminish the vision that some developers have for their games because they can have a great game that's 10 hours long. But if people hold to this rule of, oh, I can only pay $10 for this game if it's only you know 10 hours long, then it just kind of goes out the window because they put all this effort in. Like, it's not a $10 game. It's a 10-hour game, but it's not $10. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't equate well. So, Sergio, did you have an opinion that you wanted to share? Yes, this might be a little 
controversial. Well, not so much. Not so much. It might be surprising. Let's say that. I used to like 2D Mario platformers uh, okay. because I, I grew up mm. with them. My first game was the first, the original Super Mario Brothers. So I, I liked all the Mario games and then I don't know what happened. I, I stopped liking them and I actually I stopped liking platformers in general for a long time. I just I just didn't feel like playing them. Eventually I turned around. I, I played some Kirby games, some Yoshi games, but the Mario ones, they still... They didn't do it for me. Like they, they every now and then, you know, a new one comes out and they have new power ups, so they try different things. But to me, they kind of always seem like we've we've done all that. We, you know, they've been there, done that type of feeling. Um, even today, uh, I would play a Mario game, like you know, if if it's like our game of the month or if it's the new thing. Yeah, sure, I'll try it. But to me, it's not the same anymore, and I don't know why. I I do like platformers uh, again in general, but. The Mario ones, I don't know, they, they lost the magic somehow. I'm I'm hopeful that changes, but uh, yeah, the 2D Mario ones, the 2D Mario platformers, to me, they're kind of, I don't know, a little bit insipid now. Mm. Do you feel the same way about 3D or is it just the 2Ds? Uh, just the 2D ones. Uh, yeah, the okay. 3D ones I really, really enjoy. I, I can see that. I mean, it's that's that's interesting because for me, like I, I definitely enjoy 2D Mario games, you know, back in the old days and even just trying to try to play them again like through the nintendo switch online membership thing like you know i could see why i had a lot of fun back then but kind of with you serge like i i don't know it's it's kind of hard to really get into 2d mario games now um but but 3d oh my gosh like i mean yes. i had so much fun with super mario odyssey like wow i i couldn't it was like one of the very few or one of the very several games i've had in my life where i just couldn't wait to finish it like i just had to like you know play through it i was so addicted i beat it i was like okay even though there's a post game like i'm like okay i i got through one playthrough it was an amazing experience and i mean the music was just like oh i just it always just like that that you know that's that that one tune you know like was it called you're a superstar or something was superstar and i was like ah right I felt like one. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Kevin, did you have another opinion you wanted to share? Yeah, I do. Uh, the perception of indie games. Um, mm. You know, even from like the very beginning when you had games like Cave Story and Fez that came out, um, or in, then there was definitely you know, many others. Like, for me, in the very beginning, like I, I, I really got into indie games because. Uh, you know they were doing something different they were going against you know the, the the norm and they're trying different ideas i mean you have games like undertale you have games like spelunky like they they really tried you know different ideas and you know one of the appeals of these indie games is that they are priceless they're priced at you know 15 20 dollars and um they were just like a good a good avenue to get into, you know, for trying something that's different than, you know, your average Call of Duty or, you know, Mario or Zelda. I mean, those games are not average by any means. <laughs> Just Call of Duty. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, that's only my opinion um, because of my history with it. So for the longest time, like whenever I talked about these indie games with like my friends, like they'll acknowledge it, but then it's like, oh, okay. Like, and this is before the whole pop. this is before we've done our podcast, right? Like it's just, you know, there wasn't there wasn't much love and consideration for indie games in the very beginning and i felt i felt insulted because like here i am like getting into these indie games and maybe people are 
like would say oh that's cool but in reality they're like oh okay whatever like <laughs> like you know what about the big blockbuster games you know like right, mario right. Zelda, you know call of duty and 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 smash right and and so many others right and so i feel like for the past few years especially since the switch came out um or i guess well i'll take it back so for the past several years like i feel like it's gotten a lot more uh more attention right i mean people are starting to realize wow like there is there is a whole market out there for indie games and there's a place for them here. You know, it's not all about the triple A games that, you know, mm-hmm. have like huge budgets created by big studios and all of that. Like indie games are here to stay. And the way the industry is in terms of like trying, you know, trying new ideas, you know, trying new things. I mean, indie games drive that. And I'm so proud to be an indie gamer in, 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 in various sorts. Like I, I you know every year I play video games I gotta get into you know some indie games that are out there and you know we Nintendo recognizes us so much that they they have their own indie directs okay like that's pretty cool and and yeah. even though like some of the directs are, are are good some of them are maybe they're not you know not everyone you know a, not maybe not a lot of people like the games that are in there that maybe doesn't appeal to them but at least they're there and they acknowledge how cool they are and so it's like wow like. I I feel like nowadays, uh, in this year, like it's people are getting more into it, and I mean, you have games like Celeste in its very own right, one of the best indie games in history, and I mean, the idea of you can do this baked into a game is just something that goes beyond my imagination. Like it, you know. These these things that video games can employ is is fantastic, and it can inspire people. and And just like imagine the power of these ideas from these smaller studios, they're able to make this more impact. That's just, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad that there's more there's more there are, there's more of an intention on indie games now. Um, it, you know they deserve the credit. In fact, I feel like they deserve more. So yeah, you know, I feel like the Switch was really big for indie games, and I think mm-hmm. really a big part of why they got so big was kind of the movement towards digital downloads instead of just physical games people going by. I don't know if right. it's just me, but it feels like a lot of people kind of opt to just download games now. Especially last year, a lot of people just kind of opted to stay at home, download a game from the eShop, PlayStation Store, Xbox Store, whatever, and play it. And that kind of lowered the barrier of entry for these indie games where they probably couldn't get put onto a cart and into a store because shelf space is like so limited and valuable. They'd have to compete against these AAA titles. But obviously they have like this spot on the digital shelves of eShops and things to where they can really expand and grow. So I think that's been massive for them. And I definitely agree with that opinion of yours. Mm. Yeah, me too. And I... I... I was pretty extreme about my feelings towards indie games. Like I thought they were a waste of time. Uh, uh, that was uh, an immature attitude of mine. But yeah, to me, it was like a pff, indie game. No, why would I play that? I'm gonna, you know, give me a triple A game. But now I definitely see not not only can they coexist, but people can play just indie games, or they can play just triple A games, or they can share and they can definitely coexist. And I think that's the best approach. Like it's nice to. To play a bunch of indie games in between the the AAA releases that are few and far between, honestly. If I had more time to play more games, I would play more indie games because I I definitely feel like I need to. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with all those mm-hmm. points. Um, it kind of actually leads to another opinion of mine that has changed over time. So I used to think that the more complex a game is, the more fun it is because it adds more layers to things. Mm. But I've kind of learned over time that that's not always true. Like complex games can be fun, but the level of complexity doesn't always translate to level of fun. Um, I mean, think about the controllers that we've had for systems over time. We used to have the Game Boy. How many buttons were on that thing? Look at our controllers now. Like it's crazy. And then people buy (laughs) add-ons to have like triggers on the back of their little things that rest in their palms to have like two extra buttons and i'm like yeah how many more buttons do we need for these next systems to like create all these commands for these games and things like even beyond buttons um just the skill gap in some games are crazy and can limit some of the fun um like rocket league i've started to improve a bit but when i started playing people were like flying all over me through the air and i would like leave the ground and flail around a little bit and it added like this layer of complexity to where if you understand it it's a lot of fun but if you don't it kind of diminishes how how much fun you can have uh this happens when i hop online and play Fortnite with people in the community um i'm decent at building i'm not great at editing because you can like edit your builds to make windows doors whatever and Mm -hmm. really good players are really good at that and can do it really fast so if we hop on and we're a bit of like an inexperienced group and we're placed with these people that have mastered like these complex mechanics we just get destroyed and i don't know it's kind of like a big part of my discussion with fighting games last episode where they used to be really footsie based street fighter and now it's like air dash through the air three different times cancel supers <laughs> into supers like it provides a lot more freedom for players and if you're really good you can really like get a ton of enjoyment out of it but if you're just a casual gamer that doesn't hardcore play those types of games the complexity almost like ruins your experience over time so i don't know i think a lot of games if they can dial it in and make it a simple and enjoyable experience that's more impressive to me than if you created an overly complex game that no one can really fully grasp all of the mechanics in it, if that makes sense. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I I 275% agree. Oh. Uh, I mean, yeah, new level, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing that... I'm really glad you brought this up, Colin, because one thing that, that got into my mind was MOBAs. And, you know, initially when I started playing MOBAs, uh, especially, you know, Heroes of New Earth, a.k.a. Han, or League of Legends, a.k.a. LOL, Actually, it should have said the other way around. Anyway, so, um, you know, those games have quite a bit of complexity in terms of, you know, you know, team strategy, what items you have to get, you know, late game strats where, you know, if you you have to, you know, like if it's depending on the situation, uh, you know, who's fighting against who, you know, who's laning, who's jungling. I mean, just, I won't get too much into it, but basically there's a lot of strategies happening in, in this in real time. And... I mean, yeah, it may seem fun, but it, it does if you know exactly what you're doing. But then there's a huge learning curve for that. And combined with the fact that there are people who are going to yell at you, you know, if you make a mistake, <laughs> because it's a very competitive game. And both complex, both competitive, I mean, both complex and competitive, like, you're not going to always have fun, right? And I feel like with Pokemon Unite that came out this year, a much simpler MOBA, but it's so much fun. And mm. I don't have the same frustrations and the same stresses that I have with, you know, Han or, you know, Lol. And it's, albeit there are times where, you know, it could be a bit irritating, but, you know, 
it comes with territory. You know, sometimes your teammates may not always know exactly what they're doing, and sometimes I don't know what I'm doing at times. But I mean, hey, like I'm, I feel like in itself, Pokemon Unite has a simple form, a, a much simpler formula as a MOBA, or for those of me I know, it is multiplayer online battle arena. I think we talked about this quite a bit mm-hmm. in our previous episodes, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Um, so Pokemon Unite is just a great example of how a simple, a simpler game in the genre could actually be more fun than their, it's a uh, complex parents. <laughs> yeah, I like the point you made about adding the wrinkle of competitiveness to complex games, especially like a ranking system where no one wants to lose that rank. Um, it adds pressure right. both to like the really good player and the player that like just entered that rank because mm-hmm. sometimes you like grind for so long to get a high rank and then you're matched with someone that just barely entered yours and they don't play well or they don't understand like the meta at that rank and you lose it and you're like, well, for heaven's sake, like I worked so hard to like get this rank. I, you know, tried so hard to master the complexities of this game. It just creates like frustration. And so it almost feels like the complexity and competitiveness together can provide a really good experience or it could provide like a really bad experience. It's just so it can swing either way. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that was a great point to make. Sergio, did you have mm-hmm. any thoughts or, an, or uh, an additional opinion you wanted to share? No, none of this one. I think you guys covered it pretty well. I, I definitely agree. Um, I do have another opinion that has changed. I thought I would never dislike a Pokemon game until I played new Pokemon Snap. And oh boy, how wrong I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, that's kind of true, but that's kind of mean too. So it, it, it's it's just not for me. But wh- one thing that definitely has changed. I, I thought that, for example, playing a game in easy mode um, or using like cheat codes or mods to, to make the game easier, I thought it was like sacrilege, you know. But now that has changed. I believe that as long as you're aware of the consequences or... If you do it sort of out of necessity, if you need to get through a, a very tough part of the game or if you just have to finish a game instead of, it might be better to do that instead of getting stuck and frustrated and, and being unable to to keep progressing in the game. Uh, a lot of games now have even options that you can tweak the difficulty as, as, you, as the game is going instead of, you know, Back in the day, it was pick your difficulty at the beginning and you're stuck with it for yeah. the rest of the game, right? And that was mm-hmm. that could get tough eventually. So the fact that the developers are aware of this and they let you change the difficulty as you're playing, it kind of means that you should be allowed to do so and you shouldn't have a problem doing so. Um, sometimes it's better to just progress through a game and, and get through it instead of trying to force yourself to say, I need to beat it in normal or I need to play and beat a game in hard mode just because I, I feel like I can. No, not necessarily. And I think difficulty options are there for a good reason. It's good to have options. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I mean, you know, as long as you're enjoying the game, right? I mean, whether you use, where you're playing easy mode or use cheat codes and stuff, I mean, I feel like nowadays no one's going to judge you be like, oh my God, like, why would you do that? That's you know, blah, 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 you're not, you, you know, you should have played normal mode and stuff. I mean, come on, that those days are over, right? right? I mean, we don't, who who are we to judge how you play a game, right? I mean, as long as you're, you know, you're having a lot of fun and, I mean, you do what you want with the game and, and, and depending on how difficult you want it to be or how easy you want to be, easy it is you want to be, I mean, the important thing is just to have fun and, and, and just, you know, make it, make it, you know, worthwhile. And, I mean, look, we're, we're all adults here. We don't have a lot of time to play all these video games. And so sometimes, yeah, maybe we need to look at an online, like some online material to help us 
um, on a level or a challenge that we face, and and that's okay. I mean, you know, and and maybe yeah, if you are insistent on trying to get to this one part of the level, uh, and you you know you're very stubborn, sure, you know, maybe time box that, and then and then after maybe you know seventeen hours, <laughs> you just gotta look at some online material and see and see what you can do to figure out that part. <laughs> maybe not seventeen hours. I'm not speaking on on experience. <laughs> well, maybe, and maybe, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's, yeah. Don't, uh, I, I just, this should, it shouldn't be something that you should stress out about. Like, right. yeah, yeah. Right. I definitely agree mm-hmm. about um using guides and things. That was an opinion I used to hold as well, Sergio. That you can't really do that. It kills like the experience. I've had good experiences looking up guides because sometimes it opens my eyes to things that I missed in the game maybe a piece of lore, like a hidden dungeon or something that I could get to that I would have missed otherwise. And it's also introduced me to communities of, you know, people that really enjoy this game that could teach me more about it. Um, it introduces you to people you can talk to about the game. So like there's even a point in dread where I got stuck and I'm like, I don't know where to go. I really didn't want to rely on anything, but I also wanted mm. to progress through the game. So I just reached out to shy guy and he's like, Hey, like, I won't spoil it for you, but maybe this is the direction you should go because something important has to happen before you can get there. And that helped me move the story along and helped me enjoy the game because my enjoyment or attention span might have dropped a bit if I continued to just hit my head up against the wall trying to figure it out by myself. Right. Um, it was almost mm-hmm. better to just reach out for help. So I definitely agree with that. Kevin, did you have another opinion you wanted to share? I do. I do. And one of the things that I've always struggled with at times is the perception of if you don't complete a game, it's 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 not you you, you didn't finish it. Yes, one hundred percent. If you if you don't if you don't like finish if you don't go through one point three, you didn't finish it. Like, like come on, guys. Like, right. Come on, people. Like this is this, <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. I mean, you know, I've 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 always felt like, oh my gosh, like is that really a thing? Like, are people going to judge me for not finishing a game? You know, it's like, oh, Kevin, why did you finish that Final Fantasy? Well, maybe because it, it it was terrible. <laughs> Well, oh, are we talking about eight? No, I well, no, I no, no, not eight. <laughs> uh, no, but um, I was gonna make a joke about Final Fantasy fifteen, but I actually did finish that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, no. But anyway, so like, like it's it's really um, I think it, it, it bothered me at first. I was like, you know, do, do people really care about that? Like, you know, is it important to finish a game completely? I mean, there's a lot of games that I haven't finished completely, and for a long time I was ashamed of it. But then it seems like well, more people, I mean, more people are in the same boat as I am. I mean, it's all good, right? I mean, right. like, I mean, especially if it's something that you don't like. Like, don't force yourself to play play through a game that you don't like. I mean, if you don't yes. like it after yes. a few hours, then, well, at least you tried it, right? You know? I mean, I understand that there are games that are, you know, it does take a bit of time to get into it in order to really see how fun it is and stuff, but I mean... When you have to consider how much time you have to spare to play video games, like really f- consider the game you're buying. And so, um, maybe it's good to buy smart, you know, games that have um, that are you know short experiences, but you know they could be right. really good experiences. So, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna say it now the perception of finishing a game or to f- to complete a game to say that you're finished with it, right. you know, it's it's ridiculous it's we're, we're, we're not in that time anymore it's all good like you play the game to where you think you you're done with it and there you go <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I agree. I think unfortunately there's like a decent amount of gatekeeping in the community where not our discord community, but just like in gaming where people kind of hold that opinion where if you didn't roll credits, you didn't complete the game. If you had to beat it on lower than the highest difficulty, then you didn't complete the game or you didn't play it to like its fullest, things like that. And I wholeheartedly disagree with all those opinions. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been done with a lot of games before ever rolling credits. I've only rolled credits on like a handful of games through my life. Like honestly, um yeah mostly because i don't play a ton of like story driven games but a lot of times i've just kind of gotten what i needed to get out of it before i got there and i mean some of my least favorite games i finished some of my most favorite games i haven't finished like it just doesn't matter if you rolled credits or not so i definitely agree with that one right right and if you don't finish a game just think of the ones you do finish or think of what you're doing with that time that you're not spending finishing whatever game it could be i mean as long as you're doing something productive or something fun yeah i agree it definitely doesn't matter yeah absolutely i mean you guys nailed it you guys also nailed it on the head or nailed the hammer on the head what is that saying i don't even know where do you even come from (laughs) (laughs) something to do with construction i'm guessing but you know as another opinion that i have that's changed over time is i used to think to be a gamer you used to have like you, you would have to have a really solid game library. You'd have to own like plenty of games to be considered a gamer. Mm. And that's definitely changed in my mind. And I go through periods where I'm just buying like a ton of games that are on sale on Switch, like indie type games. I'm not buying like $60 games discounted to 40 like in mass. I'm just buying like these, you know, five, four, six dollar games that uh, that's their sales price. And so I'm just loading up on them thinking thinking that I'm going to play them later. And I've just kind of realized over time that when I do that, I'm more of a game collector than I am a gamer because I'm just collecting these games and I'm never opening them and playing them and enjoying (laughs) them. You can be just Mm -hmm. as much of a gamer owning one game and playing it as much as the guy that owns a thousand games and plays, you know, one to a thousand of them as well. Like you're still a gamer. Um, I think the amount of games that you own doesn't necessarily make you more dedicated to the hobby than someone that owns less. And that's something that I've definitely tried to come around to. Um, It's almost the feeling of too, when you're in a gaming community, especially one where we choose like a game of the month, there can, there can be like a lot of pressure felt to kind of play the game, especially if you're, you know, hosting the podcast about the game. Um, But maybe you Mm -hmm. like don't want to play that game. Um, There's still that pressure too. And so it almost feels like, well, if I don't get this game, like maybe I'm not as much of a gamer as those that do play it, or I'm not as serious about the hobby as them, or my mind's not as open to these games that I don't think I would enjoy. And I don't agree with any of that. I think um, it really doesn't matter how big your library is. I counted before this episode, I have 272 games installed on my Switch. I don't even know how many of those I've opened and I've definitely completed only a handful, Um, but I still consider myself a gamer. And I would consider myself a gamer if I had like five installed on there. So I think that's definitely an opinion that's changed. I really like that because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you if you play a game or two or even, yeah, even just one, like you can call yourself a gamer. I mean, I I don't think there should be like a, oh, my gosh, you you have you must play five games in order to be a gamer. Come on. It's just ridiculous. I don't know why I made that voice. But yeah, (laughs) there's no way, you know, you you I. Video gaming is a hobby that anybody who's everybody can 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 enter and have a good time and just and 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 call themselves gamers, right? I mean, it's 
it's it's all good like we it, it it's it's it should be this community where you know you can yeah whether even if you play like mobile games or so whatever like whatever game you play you're a gamer yeah like even yeah. now they're like a couple games that I play like on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And when I boot up those games, I boot them up because I want to play them. But then I start looking at the other games on my system and I start to feel almost guilty. Like, oh, I just bought this one. Like, I need to play that one too. I started this one. I haven't finished it. I need to play it. But I really just want to play like this one game. And there are like three to four games on my Switch that I play the most. And I would be perfectly fine just playing those for, you know, the rest of the life of the system because they mean that much to me. So... I think mm-hmm. kind of getting over those feelings has been hard, but it's definitely something that I've been trying to improve on because we game to have fun. We don't game to see how many games we can complete. We don't game to show people how many games that we have or how much exposure we've had in the hobby. So I think it's all just kind of boiled down to play what you enjoy. It doesn't matter how many you know games fall under that umbrella. So mm-hmm. Sergio, did you have any thoughts or did you want to share a final opinion? No, I agree. I agree with you guys, definitely. Um, I do have another opinion that has changed, and it's it's a little personal for me. Um, basically, that it's okay for a video game franchise to change. Uh, to me, like Zelda used to be the holy grail. It used to be on a pedestal way up there. Like Zelda could do nothing wrong. I loved all the games and like every year I would like I would replay them constantly and then I would reanalyze my like top Zelda games you know and maybe this one is number four now and like to me that was fun and that that was part of the experience and then I played Skyward Sword and that was the start of the fall (laughs) (laughs) see and this proves that not only can video game franchises change, but also people because I, you know, Skyward Sword got ported to the Switch recently and I rented it and I actually kind of was really liking it. I had to return it to rent other games, but I want to go back to it at some point. I was really enjoying it this time around. But going back to Zelda and how it changed, I mean, now that uh, the, the most recent biggest Zelda game that it's not like a port or a remake, Breath of the Wild, it's open world, and I don't play open world games. I, I just don't like them. They're not for me. But obviously, Breath of the Wild is one of the most beloved games in the franchise, and it sold a lot. And like A lot of people know about it or even know about Zelda because of it. So Zelda changed in a way a little bit uh, to be more open world. And maybe I didn't like it at first, but honestly, it's okay because it's it's what Zelda's going to do. Like, it's okay for franchises to change. It's okay for them not to be for us anymore. And we, we could always change and enjoy them for what they are. And this kind of reminds me of Kevin, how sometimes you feel like Pokemon <laughs> is not for you anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Why am I not surprised that this is going to be talked about? <laughs> Yeah, no, I I agree, and I mean, ah, oh gosh, that actually brings me to you know what I I want to say about Pokemon. Um, but no, Sergio, <laughs> I I but before I do, Sergio, I agree. I mean, franchises can change, and I mean, it may or may not be for you in terms of this open world that Breath of the Wild is. But I mean, I think it's still it's it's still neat to see a franchise do that, um, and. You can still love Zelda. I mean, there's this. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe you know there are games in the franchise that you might not like, like Skyward Sword. But you know, it's all good. I mean, you've you've had your moments with this franchise, and um, 
and those are moments that you can carry on for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah. You know, for for me, actually, before I go, Kellen, did you have something to say about uh, what's your dimension? Oh, uh, no. I just like the overall opinion, but I don't really have anything else to add to it. Okay. Well, with that said, uh, I have one opinion that I... Okay. For the longest time, I felt like if I criticize a franchise, if I did that, that was not a fan. That was just a hater, mm. right? So, mm. I mean, I didn't want to be a hater. Um, <laughs> when episode 22 came out... <laughs> oh, jeez. No- in November 2018... Oh, jeez. Right? When we talked about Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee, when I had that agenda to talk about what I really thought about Pokemon and just stuff that came out of my mouth about how I felt the fran- how I felt about the franchise, I mean, man, we went... Excuse me, not we. I... I went places, and I'm just like, man, after that episode, I was like, oh, it's okay to criticize Pokemon, you know? And and maybe it's not for me, but I still, I still play it, uh, you know? And my perception of, of, of criticizing games has has been, I, I feel like I, I've been able to do that a lot more now, and it's okay to, you know, do it and still care about the franchise because I, I really do care about pokemon i care about the franchise and i do want it to i do want it to, to succeed and and like you know with legends arceus like i want it to do well i don't want it to suck like it, it's gotta do well i hope it does and um it has a special place in my heart like the pokemon series this franchise and um i care about it so much i'm willing to talk about it i'm willing to praise it but i'm also willing to criticize it a lot of times mm-hmm. and when i was a lot younger i just thought that was taboo like you know, because I don't want to be a hater. I don't want that label. Um, <laughs> I mean, I am a Durin hater. I am a Risk Morgan <laughs> hater, but that's okay. <laughs> I can take that to my grave. That's fine. But for Pokemon, you know, I, I am willing to constructively, no, to criticize it constructively as best as I can and still be a fan. And I am unapologetic. <laughs> Would you take the risk of eating a Durian while playing a Pokemon game? <laughs> What is what does that even mean? <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Is there is that even a scenario that happens in today's world? I don't even. You know can make it happen. I am not even gonna make it happen. I. You know what? If 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 that so-called king of fruits comes into the doors of my home, something's gonna happen to it, and it's not gonna be pretty. It might go to the garbage. That's all I have to say. No, not even to my garbage. It will not be anywhere near my house because it is something that I really, really don't like. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So it's okay to criticize your, your one of your favorite franchises of all time, guys. It's all. Oh good. yeah, yeah. It's all good. I mean, we do it like easily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we still love Pokemon. Pokemon is one of the most boring things, and I love it, and I would play every game. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. The truth comes out. <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of validity to that point, because if you care about something enough, you'll, you know, notice those things and try to offer, you know, correction or ideas to improve. So I almost think those fans that have the willingness to do that or see those flaws care deeply, care more deeply about the game than those that just kind of blindly follow it. Because they want mm. to see it improve and they like care about it that much, um, so I think okay. that's a really solid point. Mm-hmm. Thanks, yeah, man. I mean, I'm so excited about Pokemon games. <laughs> <Later this month. laughs> 
Yeah, those are, those are coming up fast. They are. Oh my goodness. I think for my final opinion, um, and we can go around if you guys have more. We kind of talked about how when gaming was kind of taboo and then became mainstream, people started to understand it more. There was this aspect of gaming that when it started up, I didn't understand at all. And I almost like disliked it without really understanding it. But now I've come to really appreciate it. And I'm talking about streaming. So there are like Uh, aspects of streaming that I still don't enjoy. I think it's been exploited quite a bit. I don't like the way that, you know, Twitch is ran sometimes and... There's just a bunch of stuff on there that feels like it shouldn't even be there. So it's definitely been exploited, but it's really showing just how big of a you know thing streaming has become. Um, I used to kind of make fun of my brothers for watching streamers like Minecraft, uh, Call of Duty, whatever growing up. And they were like, I would just tell them, you know, why are you watching these guys play the game when you could be playing it yourself? And they were like, I don't know, Kellen, why do you watch the NFL when you could go out and play football? And I was like, okay, checkmate. Well, grossy, you got me. Um, and it's true. And I've really tried to hold that opinion going forward because what they said made sense. Um, so I don't watch like a ton of streams, but I do tune in to, you know, smash streams, just watching, you know, pro players that have really come to enjoy uh, Fortnite. I don't enjoy watching super competitive Fortnite because honestly that format's a little boring to me but i do enjoy watching really good players play just in public matches where it's a little more fun to watch a little faster paced Mm -hmm. and a little more wacky um i love watching rocket league too because you're watching a gameplay that you play just at a higher level and you can really learn to appreciate um getting together with a community of other watchers that are watching the same streamer, that enjoy the same game you do, and you're all just enjoying watching it played at a high level. And you're picking up new things, you're meeting new people in the community, and I don't know, almost just like watching a stream and then jumping into the game makes me feel more confident. Like, I'll watch a Fortnite stream and I'll hop in in-game, and suddenly I just play more like aggressive, I'm just going after people. And in my mind I'm like, yeah, I'm Ninja, or I'm like Cypher PK, or like my favorite streamers or whatever, and I'm nowhere near their level but there's almost like that confidence of watching them play well and wanting to try to do what they Mm. did. And so I think it's really elevated the game of a lot of um, different gamers, but at the same time, it's also created like this weird subset in competitive games where people feel like they have to try really hard to become a streamer and get clips and things. And it just becomes like over competitive. So I think it's like a fine balance for me with streaming, but I've definitely come to appreciate it a lot more over time. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% with you on this. I mean, I think there is something with like watching streamers play games. And I mean, sometimes you can learn a thing or two when watching these streamers play the games that you you, you play quite a bit. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it, it's interesting when you watch professionals play certain video games that you enjoy. And I mean... I, I will have to admit, you know, when I was really into Call of Duty, I did watch professional Call of Duty players play for a little bit. And I was like, yo, this is, they are just next level. And I don't know if I'm able to do that personally, but just watching them play and I'm just like, wow, this is pretty cool. But yeah, I I think it's it's interesting because like I, I love, I used to love watching uh, fighting games, like especially the professionals play, uh, especially Street Fighter. Um, and then I started trying to play Street Fighter on my own, and little did I know, I'm not that good at the game, but I still enjoy playing it, you know, and, 
but watching these these people, you know, playing like esports and and just like just these competitions and Evo, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I'm like, wow, how do they do that? How do they read the opponents? I'm like, man, this is incredible. And so watching people play fighting games like Street Fighter, it it, it really is something. But yeah, in, in the end, like um, I, I do have a lot of respect for streamers who even make a living out of it. Like, do you know how hard it is to be a streamer and make a living? Like, it is ridiculously difficult. I can't imagine being a streamer. I mean, just like, you know, trying to make ends meet and also a lot of the undeserving hate that you may get, you know, just because of a little thing that would happen or whatever, or just because of who you are. Like, I just... I don't know. I feel like there's just so much pressure in being a streamer and trying to appeal to the masses. Like, I don't think I would do well as a streamer. That's why I'm not in it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, those are all I good mean, points for sure. Yeah, but you know, kudos for for those who who stream games and you know make a living out of it. Especially, you know, much respect and uh, yeah, it's it's quite a thing. But oh boy, uh, you know, I, I do have one more opinion I'd like to share. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it definitely is pretty personal. Uh, you know, so I always felt like in order to be a well-rounded gamer, you have to play, you know, all the platforms as much as you can, right? Like you have to be on the Sony platform. You have to play a little Xbox maybe and you got to be Nintendo. Like you have, that's that's what a well-rounded gamer means, right? I used to think that for the longest time and maybe I'll get into, well, not maybe, I did get into conversations about it with people like, you know, like in order to be well-rounded, you have to, uh, you, you, you got to be able to play all the platforms. You know, you got to be able to do, you, I mean, you just have to have that, just just be able to do that, you know? Like how, you know, if you're just playing one platform, you're you're just one-sided, you know? You're you're one-dimensional. I, I thought about that for a long time, very immature thought, but, um, you know, ever since joining this podcast and doing it for, you know, for a while, for a long while now and, and just seeing what actually being a well-rounded gamer means it doesn't mean that you have to play all the platforms. Like, I feel like it, it, now I realize it's petty. Like, it's, that doesn't, I mean, yeah, it might mean that for some people, but to me, it doesn't anymore. Like, being a well-rounded gamer, it can mean a lot of things. It can mean, like, you play different kinds of genres of games. It, 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 mean, it can mean, like, you know, you you like to play, you know, certain games that have certain themes or, you know, different themes and that explore different themes. Like, whether it's, uh, you know, like, Maybe with RPGs where you get to learn more about characters and different human qualities, or just you know playing the shoe ups and just trying to get the high score and trying to be the very best number was. I mean, like that's there's so many definitions of being a well-rounded gamer. It is not tied to you know having to play different platforms. I mean, so I just I asked that you know after a while I'm like okay mm. you know now I mean I only play well excuse me for a while now. I've just played on the Switch, you know? I don't play on the PlayStation as much anymore, you know? Excuse me, Sony. Uh, you know, cause, and, and one of the things is, like, I don't have that much time to play games. And when I do, I want to play on Nintendo, you know? And, and that's okay. Like, I'm, I'm a Nintendo fan, and and I'm proud of being one, and I'm a well-rounded gamer! Dang it! Bam! <laughs> nice. And, and what I like about yours is that you can also argue sort of the the opposite point and that actually happened to me you know i used to be a fanboy i used to be a nintendo fanboy i would only play nintendo consoles games and, and systems and then there i there were a lot of games that were not on a nintendo system i i know one of the first ones that really like i 
intrigued me was Dead Space. And mm. yeah, that one didn't come out on, what was it, the Wii at the time? So I said, okay, well, I'll play it on PC. At least I don't have to buy like a PlayStation or, or an Xbox, right? And that kind of got me started. And you can branch out and there's a lot of different experiences. I mean, definitely the exclusive games that every system gets. So I, I agree with you. Like, it's good to, to, to have your favorite system and it's okay to only have one or to just play one system. But definitely don't neglect the others, especially the exclusives. And especially if there's a game or a franchise that you're really wanting to try, don't deny yourself the ability to play it just because it's on another system. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uncharted. I'm, I've been saying it for a long time. Uncharted is a great series. If you can get into it. <laughs> I know it's on the Sony platform. I wish it were on Nintendo, but here's the hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, Sergio, did you have a final opinion you wanted to share? Yes, it, this this one hurts still. It's the one that I'm I'm still working on changing this opinion, but I, I have to mention it. Because I used to be a firm believer that every sequel needed to keep everything that the previous game had and just mm. add more to it. It kind of goes back to, to the one you mentioned, Kellen, about games like being too complex. But to me, if it's a sequel, it needed to have everything from the previous one, like absolutely everything. And the game that taught me that this is not the case is one of my favorite games of all time, my beloved franchise, Animal Crossing. In in New Horizons for the Switch, they definitely kept a lot of things back. Um, and even with the recent update that we got, which is the last free major update, they didn't bring everything back that New Leaf had on the 3DS. So it teaches me that sometimes you need to take a few steps back to eventually take a leap forward. And that's what I'm hoping they're planning. Uh, New Horizons sort of set a different foundation, right? Now that you can decorate your island outside, that's a game changer. And now that you can actually terraform and change the way your island is, that's definitely very big. But yeah, they had to take a lot of things out, a lot of special characters or a lot of features from the previous Animal Crossing games. Uh, it's possible that they might add them on the next one, but you know what? Even if they don't, that's okay. The developers know best, and sometimes we, as the fans, we want everything and more, but sometimes we cannot have that, and it's, sometimes it's for a good reason. Even, even if we don't understand it, we don't know how the games are made and how the decisions are made and why, but we still get the games, and they're still pretty good, so... You know, it's okay. I, I need to work on this more, but I think it's uh, something good to point out. Yeah, I think that's a solid opinion. I think there's a lot of expectations for, you know, sequel and follow-up games to give us something familiar, but something a little bit more. Um, I always hold the opinion of, you know, the sequel has to maybe not include everything from the first game, but it has to be better. And I don't think that's necessarily mm. f a fair opinion to hold either. So, yeah, I really yeah. like that final point. Yeah, I completely agree i mean it it's it's tough to make a sequel too you know look golden sun i mean i know you guys try to make a good third <laughs> third entry but you know what you guys tried it's okay we're still gonna make the joke every now and then every now and then talk about every episode <laughs> bud i'm just gonna start bleeping it out every time you start i'm just gonna insert some bleep sound from my phone I mean, for real though, I really wanted Golden Sun Dark Dawn to be really good, but it just fell short of my expectations. <laughs> that's, that's one opinion that's never going to change. Huh? It's not going to yeah. change. I mean, it's not. And you know what? 
there's only two Golden Sun, excuse me, good <laughs> Golden Sun games. And oh, there you go. There we go. So, I mean, I, I, I feel bad every time I talk about it, but at the same time, I don't. And that's okay. <laughs> like, I, I just, I think this is just me saying, really want to play Golden Sun again, and especially on the Switch. But yeah, no. Yes. Go back to Sergio's point. I mean, <laughs> I can see why you felt that way about Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons. And that's totally understandable. And I mean, the fact that they've made this, you know, this DLC, hopefully it makes up for some of the things you've yearned uh, in a true Animal Crossing sequel. But, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think nowadays with games that have sequels, like I just try to take it for what it is and try not to expect too much. Cause if I have high expectations, then I mean, I'd be the, the happy camper. So, you know, but yeah, mm. I mean, it's hard to make games, guys. It's hard to make games, and especially sequels that you know people expect. You know they they want to see more. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So yeah, I definitely agree. And I think you know this was a really solid episode. Being able to talk about some of our opinions, it, we got a wide range of them, and it was really interesting to hear like why they've changed, how they've changed. But I think there's one opinion that has not changed on the show, and that is that the weekly question of the week needs to stay it absolutely does it's going nowhere so sergio <laughs> yes what was the question from last week and what did our listeners think about it last week we asked with just two months left to go what game are you looking forward to the most before the end of 2021 for example shy guy said big brain academy brain versus brain is gonna be a household event here i'm really excited for that one that sounds fun mm-hmm Furrow's Dragon said, it goes without saying, but it's Pokemon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Dragon said, I'm looking forward to Shin Megami Tensei 5. Nice. Filmmaker said, since all my most hyped Nintendo games for 2021 have already released, I'm going to say Halo Infinite. Yeah, see, there you go. Branching out. That's a good one. The real TJ said, looking forward to Shining Diamond. I started playing Pokemon from the sixth generation forwards, so I don't have the childhood memories that a lot of you guys have. Nevertheless, I still love Pokemon, and I would not let an opportunity to play a new Pokemon game just go by. I cannot wait to fill my team with the mighty Piplup at the center of it all, and Steel types are the best. Nice. And Turboverto said, Mario Slugger's base... Oh, wait. Uh, Mario Strikers food. Oh, uh, I guess not. Uh, Banjo Kazooie does not have a release date yet. So I guess my final answer is pass. <laughs> Nothing for Superbird for the rest of the year. That's okay. Um, maybe next year is the Banjo Kazooie year. Maybe. 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 But yeah, I'm, I'm with Ferrari's Dragon, Pokemon, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. I cannot wait for those two. Poop or Sue. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's. I don't know if that's. Is that even a thing? I'm. I'm no, you I broke NDA. Oh, I did. Oh, we were supposed shoot. to talk about it. Oh no. Oh, just just edit it out. It's all good. Just edit it out, sir. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're you know. Uh, no, but yeah. I mean, like, bittersweet fan for the past what you know, since 1998, 23 years. Look, I mean, this is. This is my life. I'm a Pokemon fan through and through. I'm excited to be a gym leader trainer. I will do that in the next Pokemon series. I'm ready to go. With the consideration, the possibility of getting 
Shin Megami Tensei 5. Oh my gosh, two games. I don't know, guys. That's going to be hard. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but you know what? Guaranteed one of the Pokemon games coming out this month. I'm looking forward to it. I want that fill, that that Pokemon fix in my life again to be the very greatest that never was in the form of a gym leader trainer. That'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, moment of silence here because this is where I would have said Advance Wars before they pushed it out of this year Aww. and into next. I was really excited <laughs> yeah. for that yeah. one. So that was kind of deflating, but you know, I hadn't pre-ordered it. So no harm, no foul, I guess. Um, obviously like the big monster hunting catching game coming out towards the end of this year the one that's reviewing well shin megami tensei 5 man people yeah. are acting like this is a must play and i've never played any of these games before but i don't know why i'm so pulled to it i think i'm really going to enjoy this one so i'm really looking forward to that um but also honorable mention to the danganronpa games that are coming out soon i'm really excited for mm. those too um this last part of the year is going to be really hectic because I am still getting a Pokemon game. I want to get Shin Megami Tensei and then, you know, this collection of games coming out. So there's going to be a lot to play towards the end of this year. And I'm kind of looking forward to all of it. But if I have to choose one, it's SMT5 for sure. Man, you mentioned, mentioned honorable mention. <laughs> um, I mean, Big Brain Academy, like, I, I want to play that too. Oh, goodness. And for $3, I mean, how can you not? Nice. So for this week's weekly question of the week, for this week, ask this week, answer next week, we are asking you, <laughs> what franchise are you known for? You know, I love Animal Crossing. Kevin loves Pokemon. What are you known for? What's your <laughs> franchise? Wait, wait a second. I, I, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's. Roll the credits. Roll the credits. Too. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Mr. Pokemon. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're going to jump out of here. If you haven't already, join our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to it if you would like to join. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And check out our blog at nintendojump.blogspot.com. Send us any feedback you have at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. The best way to support the show is through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nintendojump or by leaving a review for the show in your favorite podcast application. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Kellen and Kevin, thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. See you guys. Nice. I love Call of Duty. <laughs> me too yeah <laughs> I'm, i don't even want to talk about where this come from I'm, i think we just leave it at that <laughs> call of duty <laughs> bye guys stay safe bye -bye. And take care still waiting on mario paint to come back that was a banger oh you want oh you want Ooh. that back yeah. i mean we could, oh just, i didn't even just think a quick about that meow one. oh okay meow <laughs>
Meow. I'm just gonna leave it at that. We'll just we'll just stop there. Okay. Nice. For real though, bye everybody. Stay safe and have a great week. Thank you.